the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Ecos. Really excited to have you guys on today. We got Rob Stone in the house. He is a former boxer, former tradesman, but he always had an interest in financial literacy as his grandparents kind of taught him the basics and he always had an interest. Now you may be thinking, why would a boxer and a tradesman want to get into the financial world? Well, he did. And from there, he was able to pitch his idea of Mr. Taxes, which is a franchise opportunity that covers full financial literacy as a business option he pitched it to Dragon's Den, which is like the Shark Tank equivalent in Canada. It was able to go on to create um, a really awesome opportunity for people to learn and grow and get financial literacy. He knows all the ins and outs about taxes and all that kind of stuff and how to save money where you can, talking about the importance of having a business. A lot of different things we cover in here. Sometimes financial literacy, talking about this stuff may seem boring to people, but you really need to learn and everybody needs to know this stuff. You need to know the right people to talk to so that you can make the right decision. So I urge you to listen to this right to the end. Rob Stone, awesome guy. He's a good friend of mine. I've worked with him personally, so really excited to dive into his story and I hope you guys get some value. So enjoy guys. We'll catch you on the other side. Rob, what's going on, man? How are we doing? Awesome, Lance. Hey, thanks for having me on. We're, we're here, here at our office in Vancouver, I think just across the hall from you somewhere. Yeah, man. Um, it's great. You got a great spot there overlooking the water. That's, uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm really happy to have you on, bro. It's been, uh, we've been getting to know each other over the last year, which is really fun. And I'm uh, really intrigued on your story, man. You got to, there's so many different ways that we, uh, we can take this and that's, that's what's awesome is you're doing some incredible things. And I want to get into the whole Mr. Taxes and everything, but I really want to kind of give to the listeners ever out there like a bit of background about yourself. You know, there's, there's some pretty cool things you've done, man. So let's take us back and let's hear a bit about your story. Well, I don't know if there's enough time on the hour. Maybe <laughs> a few episodes in, in, in the making here, but you know, I'll take it back to my grandparents' kitchen table. A single mom growing up, so I listened to a couple of your other stories. You know, Brody Nitro was on there talking about a dysfunctional home. I didn't have a dysfunctional home, although it was a broken home. Just grew up with my mother, three brothers, uh, two sisters. So there were six of us in and out of the house. Luckily, my grandparents lived close by, so we got to spend a lot of time there. My grandfather would take us to all the sporting events, so I grew up predominantly playing sports. You know, defending myself from my brothers. I'm the oldest, but I'm the smallest. So I, you know, I had to learn to defend myself a little bit. Uh, but my grandparents were doing income tax returns in their retirement. And, you know, so I grew up around it, didn't think anything of income tax or accounting or finances as a career or a business. And that was evident because I never finished school. You know, I left school in grade 11 to pursue a what I thought was a dream in, in the trades, building houses. So I took off to Florida for the building boom down there. I came back, uh, started boxing at a later age. I didn't start boxing until I finished playing hockey and baseball, but I, I qualified for the Canadian Olympic trials in 96. 
and uh, won a bronze medal there, didn't win. And shortly after that, a couple months after that, in September, October of 96, uh, it did a stupid thing that you sh your listeners should not do at home, and that is jump off a train. So I jumped off the train, trying to catch a ride back home, too lazy to walk, even though I was in great shape, and broke my neck. Holy so I spent, um, you know, eight months trying to recover, not only physically, but financially. I had moved to Vancouver from Ontario, plus halfway across the continental U.S. It's like moving from New York to California and didn't have any family out here. So, you know, spent what I had in savings trying to recover, uh, managed to get a part-time job once I recovered sitting at a desk doing bookkeeping. So I went from making a hundred grand a year, making six twenty-five an hour, you know, taking instructions from somebody half my age almost and not knowing what to do, trying to learn the trade. I'd spend my evenings, you know, Google had just come out then. I think it was Alta Vista back then, the search engine, trying to learn what I needed to know for the next day's work so I wouldn't get fired. So I took it from there, grew it pretty quickly, uh, always wanted to have my own accounting firm, but never finished my designation. And I realized that H&R Block, the world's largest tax preparation company, is not a designated firm. So you don't need a designation to do income tax. Uh, so that is where I kind of got started. I partnered with a payday loan company in 2012. We grew the business to 42 offices and I sold out uh, had a nervous breakdown, wanted to kill somebody, um, didn't know how to manage a business. You know, it's a good problem to have, you would think, but my health deteriorated and went downhill from there. Sold out, took three years off. Uh, well, actually I didn't take three years off. I got the check and uh, woke up Monday morning going nuts, not knowing what to do. It was like two days of retirement. So spent three years learning the financial planning side, getting our financial planning designations, our securities license, our insurance licenses. Uh, so now we're back January 2019, we relaunched Mr. Taxes with Mr. Insurance and Mr. Investment. So we have a national insurance and investment brokerage and now officially franchising our tax practice. So that's where we're at now. That's awesome. I, um, it's intriguing how you, your boxing, I, I remember hearing, hearing about that and you know, getting into it at such a late age, why didn't you keep pursuing that though? Like, was it just, were you at, is it cause you were too old or was it? Well, at 96, I was 30 years old. Oh, right. And that was the Olympics. That was the Olympic trials. I didn't qualify right. to go. That was the Atlanta Olympics. After breaking my neck, I actually, once I went through physio for almost a year, I started going back to the boxing club in 97, 98, just to, cause I missed, missed it you missed you know yeah. whatever sport or activity you're in you know it could be music or dance or art whatever it is you go back because of camaraderie you don't go there to get yeah. your brains beat and you go there because of friendships and everything else so started hanging out and then started helping out some of the younger kids I actually made a comeback and almost qualified for the 2000 olympics um wow. i had to uh i took my my first fight somebody actually bailed on a match and they said we need somebody to fill in don't worry they won't hit you Famous last words, eh? Don't worry, they won't hit you. <laughs> yeah. No. Just don't get no. hit in the nose. <laughs> yeah. All hell broke loose. And uh, I think 16 fights later, I qualified for the nationals again and went to the 2000 Olympic trials. I ended up winning a silver medal there uh, and not qualifying to go, but it was, it was worth, you know, giving it a shot. I love how modest you are, man. <laughs> like, that's a pretty big deal. 
you know? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just why I like to talk about this is because it's just such a, it's such a crazy thing that nobody gets to do. And then, you know, for you to kind of pivot you like into the, into the world you're in now, it just fascinates me, you know, like, so you break your neck. Okay. You're, you, you go, so the, you broke your neck first and then you went to the Olympics or is it the other way? No, I didn't go to the Olympics. I went to the, no, the, the trials, the trials, but yeah, I, I yeah. broke my neck in 96 and it was about two and a half years later. Right. You have to qualify to get to the, whatever country you're in. Yeah. By in, you know, win a, a medal in your country and then go to the international uh, trial. But uh, I had to win every fight after that to be able to qualify to go and I did you know and if the streak had it kept going who knows what would have, yeah. would have happened you know, it's, a, it's a game of inches or millimeters that's so true and well especially I mean if you would have started that earlier you probably I mean just no matter what at that age it's kind of tough to keep pursuing something like that because once you hit 30 it's like okay oh. Yeah, when the guys are all, you know, 20, 22 years old, they're that much faster, that much quicker, a little easier for them to, you know, to keep their weight, to get up and train every day. And, you know, all the struggles of, of a Canadian athlete trying to make a living and do that at the same time. Funny story, when I moved out here, the boxing club's in the basement of the Astoria Hotel between Heatley and Hawk Street on East Hastings. You know where that is. It's the war zone, downtown, east side, Vancouver. Well... I was living in the back of my pickup when I moved out here, you know, trying to save money and so we can travel and train. And I come out one night after training and my pickup truck was gone. I, I forgot to renew my Ontario insurance and somebody, I guess, found out, police towed it and oh. I never got my truck back. So I had to, I had to, I had to, had to actually upgrade and move into the Astoria for about six months. Oh, wow. <laughs> If you could call that an upgrade. Wow. Okay. So if you guys are listening out there, like we on the West coast, Vancouver is a very expensive place in Canada. It's the, probably the most expensive in Canada. Would you, would you agree? It's more than Toronto? Oh yeah. The real estate's yeah. uh, twice, yeah. twice what it is in Toronto, downtown Vancouver. So you're okay. You're now let's hear, how did you come about this? Like, I know you had interest in the taxes and, and, and the financial side with your grandparents, but how does a boxer go and start to get into it? Like what interested you about this stuff and kind of maybe paint us a picture of how you sort of transition into this world? Well, sometimes you don't take a natural progression. Some come out of high school or public school or grow up knowing what they want to do. I remember somebody interviewed Johnny Bench, famous back catcher for the Cincinnati Reds, you know, won a couple World World Series, I think. And they asked him in public school, what do you want to do when you grow up? He said, I want to be a back catcher in Major League Baseball. Then they asked him again in high school, what do you want to do? Then they asked him again in university, what do you want to do? I, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue about finance. And I didn't even want to finish school. School was my worst subject. Yeah. You know, I, I finished in the 10% of the class that made the top 90% possible. That was, that was me. That's most of your, most of your guests on this show. I've listened to quite a few, you know, I listened to Tim Brody and Ben Azid, um, all these guys, you know, nobody, if, if you don't know what you want to do, you just have to kind of roll with it, roll with the punches, so to speak, no pun intended. But I, 
out of necessity, I had to find something to do because I hadn't worked in seven months. You know, I was just kind of floating, going through physio, trying to get healthy, thinking I'd be able to go back, framing houses again. And it just wasn't in the cards for about a year and a half. But by then, I'd already started doing some bookkeeping. I actually went into a, a government program here, and they do some testing to see what jobs you would be suitable for. And I still remember, I went through about an hour on the computer, typing with, with two fingers on the computer. Everybody else was done in 20 minutes. I got the report, knew what they were going to do. An hour later, she says, you know, are you finished, finished the testing? I said, well, how do you turn the computer on? It was almost that bad. But I, I still remember the first two on the list. The first one was accounting, and the second one was bookkeeping because they were listed in alphabetical. And I said, you know what, I'll try bookkeeping. So they put me in a course. The, the numbers started coming pretty easy for me. And I, you know, I attribute that to possibly working in the trades because we had to do so many calculations manually in our head that the basic math and the accounting side just came easy for me right so I, you know it was simple and I, I you know don't get me wrong it wasn't easy I had to like I said I was googling at night and reading books at night to learn what I needed to do the next day at work so I wouldn't get fired right so okay I yeah that's I mean that's the thing a lot of us don't know and you kind of have a lot of people go into jobs and they kind of have to because you got to make money right and it's interesting to hear that, you know, you found your thing that you're kind of good at and interested in, but okay. Now, how did you, let's talk about, did you, you, you didn't go into work for yourself at first. You worked for somebody else at first, right? Yeah. For about the first two and a half years. Yeah. I did that until I felt comfortable taking on clients on my own. It was actually a couple old buddies that worked in the trades. It was a plumber and a roofer, uh, Glenn Butcher. That was his name. He said, hey, Rob, well, where you been? I heard you're, you're doing, you know, this financial stuff, this financial woo-woo stuff. You know, I think it's something that only aliens do. And they bring their stuff once a year. But he said, hey, I hear you're doing bookkeeping. I, I can't stand my bookkeeper, man. I can't get along with him. He doesn't talk my language. And he said, do you think he can do my bookkeeping? I said, hey, if you want to give it a shot, I don't know if I can do it. You know, I was doing it for two years. I just didn't feel comfortable doing something for somebody else. Mm. That's kind of how it started. You know, one turned into two, turned two turned into four. And before you know it, you know, nine years later, 25,000 clients and 42 offices. Wow. That's amazing. Now, I, what I love about this is when you told me the story, just for you guys listening, there's Canada, in Canada, there's Dragon's Den. And in the States, it's Shark Tank, right? So I, I, I really want to hear this story. I think this will be awesome for people. If you want to dive into that, it kind of like explain yeah, 20, some of that. 2012, I heard that Dragon's Den was asking or doing auditions in Vancouver. I thought, you know, I'll, I'll sign up and see how it goes. I thought I'd pitch to try and get some investment. Uh, I had... At that point, 12 locations, three were offices, 10, sorry, nine were partnerships with the UPS stores. So the UPS stores put desks in their offices during tax season. We negotiated a contract with Western Canada offices on a pilot program. So I pitched uh, during the uh, auditions and uh, about three months later, got the letter saying, hey, you've been accepted. You got to fly to Toronto on your own dime. Um, but 
uh, we'll put you up in the hotel and we'll provide meals and you get to come and pitch in front of the dragon. So I thought, great. So I, I joined Toastmasters because I had, I had a fear of public speaking. You know, a lot of people do. They say the only fear um, that is greater than public speaking is dying. And ironically, you know, giving the eulogy at the funeral. So I joined Toastmasters, practiced and practiced. It must have been a hundred times I practiced my pitch, you know, not in front of other people. Not, that's not including on my own because, you know, I learned from boxing that if you don't practice, you pay the price. <laughs> you don't want to go on national television and look like a fool. So I practice and practice. So I studied Kevin O'Leary and ironically, he's on Shark Tank in the U.S. as well. And he started yeah. an investment firm. So I studied all of his funds. He had about a dozen funds, the O'Leary Global Fund and a bunch of others, mutual funds that they had put together. And when I, when I got on to audition or to pitch on the show, I was, uh, you know, a couple minutes in and he cut me off. Mr. Wonderful cuts me off and he says, says, Hey, he says, so how many locations do you have? I said, well, we have 12. And he, he said, so how many does your competitors have? I said, well, HR block in Canada has about 1600 seasonal locations and about 400 year round locations. And he said, see, he said, you're going to get crushed like a small fry. He said, the big cockroach is going to come down out of the sky and crush you into infinity. <laughs> and I said, hey, I just, it was, you know, I'd rehearsed this a hundred times. I just said, hey, Mr. Wonderful, with all due respect, I said, at least our investment returned a profit uh, for our investors last year. I said, how'd the O'Leary funds do? I said, the global fund's only down 18.5%. <laughs> you want to talk about some of your uh, less performing funds? I said, that's, that's your best performing fund. And he got up out of his chair and he came down and he was, he was chasing me around the set. And I was dancing around, you know, like I was boxing, fooling around, throwing some, some guy. He goes, come here, come here. I want to talk to you. But he was actually, you know, after the filming and that the producer cut and had to start the filming over again. But uh, when it was done, he said, hey, I was just trying to tell you, man, how, how bad you burned me. He said, that was awesome. <laughs> So I ended up doing a deal with the Boston pizza founder, Jim Treleving. Yeah. That deal fell apart in about four months. The, the deal fell off the rails. I ended up getting a new partner. Uh, within two years, we had our, our 42nd location. Uh, three years after that, we sold out. Awesome. So, okay. Now, I just want to, for everyone listening out there, walk us through exactly what Mr. Taxes is. What is your vision what are all the things that it does in, and give maybe some clarity because, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff out there. These H&R blocks. Tell us about yours and, you know, what it can do for people. Yeah, the, the light bulb went off when I was working at a small CPA firm, uh, certified public accountant, I think it stands for now, um, south of Vancouver here. I was working in their office and I was doing tax for them one of my first jobs in the industry. And this old fellow walked into the office and he, he had a tax problem, he said. So he said, you know, what's your problem? Come in and sat him in the office. He pulled out this envelope and pulled a check out of the envelope with, uh, it was about 1.6 million bucks in, in the envelope. I said, wow, that's, that's a tax problem. And he said, no, he said, I, I sold my house. Uh, I'm a widower. Uh, I'm worried about the tax implications, but in Canada, you don't pay any tax on the growth of your house. He had bought his house in 1958 for $4,000 or something. 
and he's worried he's going to have to pay, you know, half, up to half of his uh, 1.6 billion in taxes. But he didn't. He didn't have to do that. So I thought the best thing to do was to send him down to the bank and uh, stick it in an interest-bearing account and get, you know, six percent interest or five percent interest, whatever he could get for it. I said you could probably live off the interest. And he said, "Hey, great! We did his tax return. Charged him maybe a hundred bucks." But a week later, the guy from the bank came back to thank me for the referral. Uh, long story short, I got in trouble from the uh, owner of the accounting firm because she had an advisor that she worked with. He came in and lectured me and said the guy at the bank made about an eighty thousand dollar commission, <laughs> and you know probably earn the client twice what he could have got in the investment fund. So it's not so much the commission that he made, it's what the advisor can do with that money. You know, if you, if you invested online or in cryptocurrency, you could lose your money overnight. So I, I, that's where the idea was launched to add the other services. So now Mr. Taxes is a full service financial firm. We're licensed, so it's different companies, but we're under the same umbrella. Uh, but we do insurance, investments, mortgages, and tax, and the full spectrum of, of accounting, which includes tax, bookkeeping, and payroll. So pretty much everything under the financial roof we can take care of. If it's something that we can take care of, working with the big insurance companies all have their advanced tax planning departments. We have clients every, you know, right from the guys that hang out at the front of the building here, we've helped a few of them out uh, getting their returns filed, even though they're on social assistance or, or welfare, it's called different things now, but they're on minimum wage, some on disabilities. If they don't file their tax return, they can get their medical services cut off. Mm. And the other end of the spectrum, we have clients with, you know, upwards of a hundred million dollars in assets. Yeah. We, you know, we can service pretty much any client for anything on the financial side. Yeah. So you're, you're saving people a lot of money at the end of the day through the strategies you're doing. I mean, there's no doubt about it, right? Yeah, well, when, when somebody walks into the bank and they want to invest some money, you know, the bank says, okay, we see you got a big inheritance and you got a big chunk of money sitting in your account. Maybe we should throw it into this fund. But they don't know if you have funds invested at other institutions or with other advisors. They don't know if you need to take the money out in six months to send your kids to university. They don't know if you're, you're going to be retiring in four months. They just take your money and throw it into an investment blindly. Uh, there's different vehicles you can put your money into. There's RSPs, tax-free savings accounts. In the U.S., you have your Roth, your Lira, those, those types of accounts uh, for retirement. And for example, if you put all your money into the uh, registered plan, either in Canada or the U.S., it grows tax-free. Great. But when you go to take it out, sometimes you're paying double or triple the amount of tax. And if you don't have that advice when you're in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, it can really burn you in retirement. So we're taking a comprehensive, holistic approach, whatever the term is you want to call it. We take into account everything you need to do in your life financially. And then, you know, you have to come in every year to file your tax returns. So we get to see you, you know, to review your investments, to review your insurance needs, to review your mortgage. You know, on a, on a half million dollar mortgage, if we can save you half a percent on a half million dollar mortgage, that saves you 20 grand a year in interest. You know, who, wouldn't, who wouldn't want an extra 20 grand in their pocket? Yeah, absolutely. So would you say for the people out there wanting to invest, what would you say is the best, the best investment, you know, all around right now for people? I think the best investment is actually in yourself. So 
So whether it's taking uh, training, listening to podcasts like yours, Lance, a great podcast, by the way, listening to Thanks, all man. of them. And, you know, and I'm not saying take cash and invest it in yourself by buying courses, but if, if you're investing in yourself and you have your own business, that's, that's the number one tax saving strategy that we have is actually investing in your own business. You know, you can invest, there's 80,000 registered funds in Canada alone that you can invest your money in. Which one is the best one? You want to invest in gold and currency and mutual funds. I, in Apple, uh, we have uh, Allison in the back's a big Apple fan, so I know she's like that. But, you know, there's so many different places you can invest your money. Cryptocurrency, so many different cryptocurrencies out there. There's not just Bitcoin, there's Ethereum and all those. There is no best investment because there's not one investment advisor that can tell you with absolute certainty what that investment is going to do tomorrow. Right. But if you're investing it in the right vehicle, for example, in Canada, we have a registered retirement savings plan versus tax-free savings account versus insurance tax shelter places you can park cash. We can tell you with certainty how much tax you're going to pay on it today, tomorrow, and in retirement. So you can mitigate your risk by, by doing the proper tax planning. Yeah. And you've worked, you're working with a ton of entrepreneurs as well. And, you know, you must, you must have heard, seen a lot of, a lot of people and, and, you know, why, why is a business so important though? Why, like, what are the, what are the little things that, that are important in starting a business? You know, like the tax breaks. Like well, there's the tax advantages, of course. It's the exact same in the U.S., whether you're a U.S. listener here or Canada. Uh, the tax breaks for, for being employed yourself only get greater the more money you make. Right. So there's, there's the monetary value, but there's also the, the pride value of doing something for yourself, not having to answer to the boss, yeah. being able to wake up and not have to get in the car and drive an hour to the office, not having to listen to somebody half your age yelling orders at you telling you how to do things uh, that you already know how to do. You know, you just, you just, nobody needs that. So there's the pride, there's the sanity part of it as well, working for yourself. Uh, it's actually in our book. You know, I'm going to plug our book here real quick. But Absolutely. Our book is the, the tax-saving Bible, but the, the number one strategy we have in there is actually self-employment for so many different reasons. And you know what? People will argue that the 10 we have in there are mixed in different orders and other books. Self-employment will actually get you back taxes that you paid for employment. You can do that going back three years. So I think that plan was evolved by Canada Revenue here to allow you three years to get your business going. So there's all kinds of advantages, not just tax-wise. Right. Okay. So I, I want to talk about your franchising opportunities with Mr. Taxes, right? Can you explain... That because I found that very interesting when we had this conversation about, you know, how, how that all works to kind of give some clarity to how people can kind of take that and create their own franchises. Well, tax is not for everybody. Right? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's uh, some people it gives a headache. Some people just rather hand it off to somebody else, but we're actually in the process of working on a program for next year where we're going to be able to offer tax returns for free. And one of the reasons being is the financial service providers compensate us for placing insurance with a family that needs insurance. We're compensated pretty good by the financial service companies. So we use tax really as a loss leader. It's a way for us to get in front of somebody to get them 
to know us, to trust us, and then we offer those other services. So our tax franchise starts really on the tax side. That's the easiest step in the door. If somebody's insurance licensed or investment licensed, mutual fund dealer here in Canada, or mortgage licensed, they could you know, come on board with us pretty easily. But the start is a tax side, and it's a very easy learning curve to learn tax. 80% of tax returns can be learned in about 20 hours. And we've developed an online course ctpcanada.ca is a registered course. We have it registered with Human Resource Development Canada. It's an accredited post-secondary educational institution. So for somebody that didn't finish high school, I actually now own two schools, they're both online, but the courses are registered with the government because we, we felt that if somebody wanted to take the course, uh, that would allow them to get funding to take the course through one of the government programs. But our course is only 600 bucks. So that'd be the first step. If somebody's interested in coming on board uh, for the franchise, the first step is if they have tax experience, great. If they want to try it to see if they like it, we encourage them to take the course first. If you don't like it after taking the course, don't buy a franchise, don't come on board. And the, the costs on the franchises, we're not actually charging any royalty. So there's no royalty on the tax work. So if you want to charge your clients 200 bucks, 100 bucks, give, give it away for free as lead generation, for example, for a realtor, a mortgage broker, financial planner, it's a great lead generation for them. And a couple of different ways to finance it. You can pay the good old fashioned way, cash. We love cash. In God we trust. All, all others pay cash. But somebody can work it off as well with sweat equity. We get a couple of people doing that right now. Right. Yeah, I, I, for me, this is very important because there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening and a lot of people don't really understand how this all works. And sometimes it's good to have this kind of conversation because there's a lot to know, including myself. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And, you know, being able to speak with you and, um, you know, be able to go over different things, I feel like it's important for people to understand and to be able to have an option of somebody to go to if they need that. And because there's so much financial illiteracy out there, like nobody, most people don't know. Right. And I think it's important that people understand that working for yourself and having a business is super, super important, but a lot of people just don't know that stuff. So it's, it's, it's always good to have some clarity in this space, even though it may, you may think that not everybody's interested in it, but everybody has to deal with it. Right. So people just need to sort of wake up and understand that, you know, this is, this is kind of the way the world is. And you have yeah, 50, 50% of Americans and Canadians, the average is about last year was the first time that more than 50% of Canadians uh, went to a professional to file their tax return. So roughly 50% of North Americans file their own tax return. 95% of those have errors on them. This is money you're giving away to the government. 90% of people don't fix their own car anymore. You, know, yeah. you don't want your car to go off the road. It's the same thing with your finances. You know, if you're giving money away to the government, you're really losing 200% because that's money you could be using for yourself. And if you don't have it, you're giving it to the government. You don't have it to use. Yeah. It doubles your bottom line in a negative way. So basically, if people don't want to leave money on the table, they got to come see you and contact you. That's basically what they got to do. See a professional and thanks for the plug, Lance. <laughs> um, so what, let's talk about a bit of the challenges, man, because obviously comes challenges in this business and being online and trying to, 
I don't know, grow your business in a way, you know, talk us through some of the adversities and challenges of your business and how it's growing on a daily basis that you've had to overcome. Well, one of the least of our problems is collections. I just employed half the guys from the boxing club. So <laughs> don't, uh, don't skip out on your bill. <laughs> uh, that's a little bit of humor. Um, I think growing really, like I said, when I sold out in 2015, working with the payday loan companies is a different type of clientele. And I had a little bit of an implosion. You know, I, I woke up in the morning, I was angry. It's not the boxing side that comes out. It's your natural tendency to be angry at people when things aren't going your way. And we had clients calling with death threats, you know, threatening staff because they didn't get their refunds. Has not had nothing to do with us. It's just their mentality. People who go into the payday loan stores have uh, debts with Canada Revenue, and Canada Revenue was taking the refunds. So we we had a lot of problems there. They were contacting Canada Revenue. You know, it's amazing how, how fast they can get on the phone and solve a problem, but they, they can't get out and find work for themselves. But they were causing all kinds of problems with our accounts with Canada Revenue. Uh, so that was one, one problem there. Um, negotiating the sale of the business. I just turned it all over to, luckily, had a great partner on the payday loan side that ran those offices. Um, he took care of all that. I, I knew nothing about that going into business. Uh, setting up systems. I knew nothing about setting up systems. And then the lawsuits that come. You know, you have to have the right type of business insurance or things to cover your butt. Uh, but, you know, dealing with those issues. Trademark infringement. Uh, we had three groups, uh, different groups. We had to sue through federal tax court. Minimum to uh, defend a trademark infringement in federal tax court is $25,000. Oh, wow. So... You know, defending, you've seen somebody else using your name, it'd be like, you know, me starting up the University of Adversity, uh, <laughs> .net, you know, registering a different domain and copying your business. You know, it's twofold. Number one, you have to defend it. But, you know, on top of that, you're blemishing your brand and everything else. Yeah. You know, piggybacking off all the hard work that you've done. You know, how many podcasts have you done? If somebody stole your name, it's those types of things so when you grow you do have a bigger target on your back so um, you know the best thing to do is don't let that stuff get you down just keep muscling forward you know don't uh, you get knocked down on the canvas and you, you just get up and keep going I heard a great quote the other day you can't beat somebody who doesn't quit yeah very true man what um who has been like some sort of influence or mentor in your life or have you just sort of taken a bunch of different ones or is there any any sort of one that you've looked up to over the years or a book that really resonated with you? Uh, there, there's quite a few mentors, you know, number one is my grandfather who took me to all the sporting events growing up, you know, baseball, hockey, football. Uh, he never actually made it out to one of my boxing events because I started boxing later when I was 19 and he had fallen ill the year before he had a stroke and he was never able to, he saw quite a few on video and some on TV but when I moved out to Vancouver, when I qualified for the 2000, sorry, the 96 Olympic trials in Edmonton that year, uh, I called my grandmother and I said, hey, do you think he, he would be able to make it out? You know, he'd never flown. He was a pilot in the uh, Second World War and he never flew after the war for different reasons, you know, trauma and, and different things, I'm assuming. But he never flew. So I, <clears throat> I asked my grandmother and she said, you know what, I'll ask him. I said, well, I'll pay for the ticket. I didn't have a lot of money then, uh, saved up got everything ready and I, I got a call three days before 
leaving for Edmonton and it was my grandmother and she said, you know what? She said, I don't think he's going to be able to make it. Uh, what she didn't tell me though was that he had already passed away. Um, so he wasn't able to make it out. So he, he was a big influence. You know, he used to tell me uh, that it was, it's not the skates that make the hockey player, it's the skater. You know, it's not the bat that hits the home runs, it's the batter. Um, yeah. You know, so you got to, and he, he told me one time, he said, if you're going to do a job, do it the Protestant way, do it right. I have no idea what that meant till today, but <laughs> still to this day, I have no idea what it meant. But, you know, take pride in your work. If you do something, you know, make the best effort. You know, if you do a, a bad job, you know, fess up and, and make good for it. You know, yeah. there's been hundreds of tax returns we've, we've done for free because you know, I've either filed late or something's been missing on the return. Whether it's our error or the client's, you know, you, you make good for it and, and word gets out. Yeah. It's my grandfather, uh, books. I don't read a lot of books. Um, I know I should read more. Books. Uh, one of the best books I read, financial books, is Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. He reads a whole series of Finish Rich books. Um, you know, Smart Singles Finish Rich, Smart Couples Finish Rich. But his, his book, Smart Women Finish Rich, was great because it kind of put me in the steps of my mother, single mother, and my grandmother surviving for a couple of years without my grandfather. Right. How women really have to take charge and control of their financial literacy. Mm. And, you know, we don't cater to men or women. We cater to anybody who really pays tax or needs our service. You know, but that book is great for both men or women. Awesome. No, I, I, I like that. And a lot of value in that for sure. Um, so, okay, let's talk about your vision now for, your, for this. Like, where do you, because I know we talked about it, but I love to hear, you know, where do you see this going? You know, I know it's a cliche question. Where do you want to be in five years? But where do you want to be in five years, man? Like, where, what does your vision look doing, like? Doing the same thing. You know, I yeah. love what I'm doing. I love coming in and, you know, sitting down. I still actually love working on client files, getting a file and seeing where, you know, a young couple wanting to buy their first house. What do we need to do to be able to buy our first house? Or somebody coming in saying, you know, we have a $42 million tax bill. We had a client come in with a $42 million tax bill. Like how much money do you have to make to owe 42 million bucks? Yeah. You know, but I love challenging stuff like that. But where the way we're going to get our message out is uh, we already started this year. We got on the Canadian Franchise Association. So we're official members now. You'll see us on their website. We have our first two franchises awarded. Uh, I guess three, including our corporate uh, franchise. Um, but our goal is to uh, award a franchise in every territory in Canada. When I say territory, we're, we based our territories on the federal election writings. Okay. So there's 338 in Canada, 42 in BC. So we're starting in BC. Uh, we're going to start our promo campaign. It's already started subliminally. We're getting a lot of leads in. We're doing interviews now for those. Uh, so franchising starting predominantly in the Vancouver, Lower Mainland area. We have uh, 26 territories available here. Well, you know, if somebody's interested, if they're in the financial service industry or they know somebody who could use tax services or lead generation, it's a great opportunity for them. Yeah. Well, I, I got to I gotta say to you, man, you helped me when I, I you know, I purchased uh, my place and you definitely helped me figure out, you know, what was the best way to invest in, you know, you pointed me in the right direction with the right guy, Chris Ryan. And that was, that was awesome. And it really helped me. So I think someone like myself that didn't really understand 
you know, the whole thing and, you know, starting this entrepreneurial journey, I just wanted to say thanks because you helped me a lot in clarifying what the right thing and the wrong thing to do was. And I think a lot of people, um, yeah, like just that value itself, just to kind of open those doors a little bit is, is super helpful. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that come into money. You're welcome. Uh, that's what we do. You know, a lot of people come into our office with inheritances or lottery winnings or insurance, um, payouts, whatever, whatever it is. Um, a lot of advisors would just say, great, you have a million dollars. We can invest that for you. You Let me do that so we can make our, our commission. But it's about doing the right thing for the right person at the right time. Yeah. You know, and even our mythology, our, our financial planning mythology is we start on the debt side. If somebody has debt, there's no point in investing. Yeah. You gotta pay off your bills and get the ground zero first. Once you're there, the first thing you should own is your own house. Yeah. There's ways of getting there. If you have a lump sum of cash, great, you can go and buy one. You can get a good deal on one because you, you have negotiating power. But if you don't have that, there's still ways of getting into your first home, even in a Vancouver market or a Toronto market. Yeah. It's only two, two, you know, that's probably only 8% of the population in Canada. Everybody else has the same opportunity. Yeah. And it's just, that's the thing is you just need the clarity. You need to talk to the right people and the right people introduce you to the right people. And that's kind of how it works. And I think, um, I think a lot of people just have that, I don't trust you mentality. And that's why I think referrals are, are, are powerful because, you know, people that you trust refer you. And that's kind of the way business goes now. I mean, Hey man, I trust you or Hey, to the girl, you know, I trust her. And if they're, if they're doing business or has something related to them, it's like, well, I'd rather do it with them than go and meet a stranger that's not connected, you know? So I think those, it's super powerful. It is exactly 90% of our business comes from referrals. We have a great service that we offer mortgage brokers. We have the ability through our Canada revenue accounts here, same in the U S we're able to get all the client documents online with Canada revenue as long as they're filed. Yeah. So when they go to renew their mortgage, you know, if they don't have those documents, you can pay, you know, one, two or up to 5% more interest on your mortgage. If you don't have the right documents. So just having those documents saves a, a, Kind of dough for clients for our mortgage brokers and as a result they love the service and they refer their clients to us these are trusted financial advisors that trust us with their clients and vice versa we, we refer clients back out as well yeah we no. handle every client that comes through the door it's it's a beautiful system and 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 it's great when you have a network like that where where can everybody find you man so we can send them your way and make sure that they know where to find all the good stuff that's mr taxes.ca <laughs> uh, just mrtaxes.ca we have all the domains wrapped up so mr taxes.ca or .com they'll all, all all roads lead to rome all roads lead to rome is yeah. one but uh, 604 mr taxes or 1-800 mr taxes is the phone number but one of the things uh, one of the campaigns we have going on right now is free tax reviews you know, 90% of past returns that we look at, we're able to find some extra dough for taxpayers, things they've missed, credits they've missed. Um, you know, and it's an absolutely free service, uh, no obligation, and we, we give everybody that comes through for the free review, we give them a $50 certificate to, to use towards future services with us or pass it off to somebody else. You know, we're not here to steal clients from other accountants. You know, 90% of accounts out there do a great job. 
But what we're able to do is put all those other financial pieces together. You know, if you're going to build a house and you, and you call the plumber, electrician, um, your framer, your roofer, your landscaper, and you said, hey, show up at this address and build the house, what are the chances are that the house is going to be built the way you want it? Not very, you know, chances are very good. So what we do, we act as the architect or the quarterback that puts the whole plan together. And if you have your own insurance person, hey, let them take care of that component. If you have your own tax person, we can take care of all the missing pieces under one roof. We can make sure they're all working together. Right. Awesome. And we're going to have all the information in the show notes for everybody to check you out and, and to find you. Mr. Taxes, that's a, that's a pretty awesome domain that you got. I mean, it feel like that would have been taken years ago, but you, uh, it, it was by it us. Was, oh, you guys took That's like, I'm like, how did that not get taken in like the seventies or something? Like, or, you know, well, obviously not, but you know what I mean? Well, our, our trademarks backdated to 83. I actually got that nickname in high school because I was actually doing tax returns in high school. You know, all my oh. buddies that were working summer jobs, they got these T4s. They said, hey, Rob knows how to do this stuff. And my, oh, my yeah. buddy, Pasquale de Grazia, uh, he's not Dutch, he's Italian. Pasquale Pat de Grazia, he used to call me, hey, Mr. T, Mr. T, can you help <laughs> me out? Can you help me out? And uh, that's where the nickname came from. But again, when I went out on my own, I, I you know, I managed to get the domain. A uh, quick story about the .com. I tried to get the .com, but somebody had it. And so I went through GoDaddy, anonymous purchase service, and they contacted the guy. They lowballed the guy, and he, he accepted the offer. It's three or 400 bucks. Uh, but GoDaddy called me back the next day, and I was offering 800. He said, I got some good news, and I got some better news. I said, well, give me the better news. He said, well... Uh, we got the domain. I said, well, what's the good news? He said, I lowballed the guy and he, he went for the price. We offered him half what I was going to pay. And the guy said, okay, just wanted to get rid of it. So he managed to get all the domains and we are trademarked in Canada, which is you know, great for the franchise because we actually have all the proprietary rights. You know, we have the trademark, we have the system. Uh, we're, we're ready to franchise. You know, if somebody's interested, just send them our way. Awesome. Will do. All right. So, just a last question, man, before we, we end, um, I just w- always ask this, what's your one tip for overcoming adversity, whether it be, you know, in sports, in life and transitioning through different careers in business, one tip for overcoming adversity to go on to become successful in your life. See, I knew that was coming because I watched an episode oh, okay. 20 already, but <laughs> You know, don't listen to the naysayers. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do it because someday they'll have to eat their words. You know, every successful person has been told by somebody that you cannot make it. You know, Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, yourself, Lance, you know, everybody you've had on your show, it's the same thing. There's so many different tips that you can give, but I think one, if you listen to everybody saying that you cannot do it, you, you won't. Mm. You, know, you just move forward and you know like i said before you can't beat somebody who never quits but don't listen to those people that say you're not going to finish you're not going to make it to the finish line there is no finish line you know you just keep going and you know after your business career you might get into philanthropy you might just help with the grandkids whatever it is you know you just keep going until it's over yeah until they uh you go on the great journey <laughs> yeah. it's crazy because that's true and that's a good point there's no finish line that's the problem is people are chasing the finish line. It's like, no, you're just going to get to the next level of what you got to get to. 
there's always going to be something else. You just got to accept the journey for what it is because the journey is what is in the, once you get to the thing, that thing is never what the thing you thought the thing was going to be. You want the next uh, thing, right? Never <laughs> what it was going to be. Here you are. Look at you doing well, podcasts now. Who, who would have thought? Yeah, man. It's been, a, it's been quite the road. It's been, um, it's amazing. And I finally aligned with what I want to do. And it's, it's great. I get to have these conversations and, and I love tapping into, as you've seen on the show, there's so many different people from walk, different walks of life doing different things. And I, I've realized that there's forms of adversity in everybody's life. And it's just about tapping into that. It's not always serious tragedies, but there's like, there's, there's things in people's lives that people don't value. And then once we talk about them, it's like, oh, wow, that's valuable to, it's a valuable lesson for people. Right. So that's what I love is like, is diving into these stories and really learning about it. And, and somebody needs to hear something that somebody's saying. And I, I, I truly feel that, you know, it's what I'm meant to do. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been quite the journey so far. Awkward silence. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll break the silence. Just want to say uh, again, thanks Lance for having me on, you know, some great guests you've had on your shows. I encourage everybody to listen to the other podcasts that you have in the YouTube channel. Uh, the video versions of some of them because there's some great messages out there, some great inspirational messages. And, you know, you're bringing the right people on. Not so, you know, I'm grateful to be on. We're, we're lucky we get to come on and share our message. And, you know, if we could inspire one person, uh, yeah. you know, that's, we, we've done our job. That's, that's all we can do. Yeah, brother, you helped me a lot. And I, you know, I, your story's great. So I'm, it's a pleasure, man. I, uh, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, I'll make sure everything's in the show notes. You guys check out, you know, Rob Stone, check out Mr. Taxes. You guys need a hand with anything. He's your man. Save you a lot of money and it'll all be in the show notes for you. Thanks a lot, brother. Have a great day. Hey guys, make sure you check out Rob. He, um, like I said, I've worked with him personally. Great guy. If you have any interest in hitting him up, go ahead. I wanted to connect with Rob because he's I just like him as a human being. I like what he's doing. And I think it's super important for people to get educated in this area. And I like this story. I think it's cool that he was a boxer. You know, he got injured. He, 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 he pivoted from a different career into what he's doing now and super powerful. So as always, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review, guys, and check out all the amazing things coming. And also hit up Rob if you guys are interested, okay? Have an amazing day. Love you guys. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.